Welcome to the Big Joy Ministries podcast. For more information, please visit our website at bigjoyministries.org where you can subscribe to our blog updates for free. Once you're there, you can enter your email address to subscribe for free to our blog for new posts, news, upcoming events, workshops, and more just by entering your email address in the space right above the subscribe box. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries. You've asked God for a lot. Do you want it? or not? I love this question because it's come up in my life so many times. It's one of my own personal favorite questions to think about from time to time, especially when I really need to think about it and pray on it and meditate on it and roll around in it. And, and the question is the title of this article, You've Asked God for a Lot, Do You Want It or Not? So before we get into this, let's think about this for a minute in terms of what is it that you ask for? Because don't you, don't you get into these points or moments in your life, certain times in your life when you're like, God, I really need you to send me more money so I can pay all my bills. Because while I have been faithful in paying my car bill and my electric bill and my rent and my mortgage and everything else, I've spent a little bit too much on my credit cards. I went out to eat too many times. I bought two pairs of shoes instead of one because you, you took me right to the shoes that I asked for. I asked you to give me new shoes. You took me right to the shoes and next to the pair of shoes I wanted, there was a, you know, buy two for the, the price of one and a half or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> you ask for God to, God, would you please let me lose some weight? Okay. Or maybe uh, you want to gain muscle mass. God, would you please allow me to gain 10 pounds this weekend so I can look good on my date Saturday night, right? I'm going to the gym this morning. And when I come out of the gym, I need to be 20 pounds bigger in solid muscle and take the fat away too. And God, while you're at it, could you pay my bills? And could you straighten that mess up with that, that person I had trouble with at work? In fact, you know, God, I think you could just, I think you, honestly, I think you could just fire them because, you know, they'd be better off not working, you know, where I work because that stress level, you know, that stress level is just, whew. So maybe you could like decaffeinate my caffeinated coffee and I think I, so we ask God for a lot, right? God, I want you to do this, this, and this, and this, and make this person be this way, and have them do this, and if you could just sort of, you know, thank you, God, like he's a Santa Claus or something, right? We ask for a lot. Do we want it or not? Do we want the things that we ask for, or should we be considering why we ask in the first place. And that's what I want to talk about in this article, because everybody asks for help from another person or God or whatever you want to call it. You know, if you're an atheist or whatever your spiritual path or religion is, you, you know you ask for help in some way from someone, right? Or something, even if it's from your own wisdom, right? So, there are more things than I can possibly call right now regarding what God spoke to me about in my heart um, in terms of what I've asked for, and I willingly accepted the guidance and started going for it on whatever it was that God instructed me to do, and I'm sure you can relate to this. You know, he's like, you ask God for something, he tells you what to do, and you just go for it, right? Sort of, you're very excited about it. We're always, okay, God, I'm going to do this, right? Yes, I'm going to do that, but before we go any further... 
I want to address something that I know a lot of people don't understand about this kind of thing, specifically when people talk about God talking to them, speaking to them, guiding them, leading them, gently pushing them from behind, etc. And a lot of people think that anyone hearing from God is some kind of a nut job, right? There's some kind of crazy person. What do you mean you're talking to God? What do you mean God's talking to you? There's that old saying, I think it was by Lily Tomlin, you know, when God talks to us, it's revelation. When we talk to God, it's schizophrenia. Yeah. So, and yet these people who don't believe in God or, you know, think that we're all a bunch of wackos talking to God all the time and hearing God, they follow their own heart, their own intuition, their own gut instinct too, right? Of course, of course they do. Their own religion, their own path, their own whatever. So just because all these different phrases like God talks to me or, well, my wisdom talks to me, my religion, no matter what it is, talks to me, all these different phrases, stay with me now, you don't know where I'm going, all these phrases using words look different in terms of the words used, but does that necessarily mean that they're absolutely different in terms of what the overall goal is, which is to have a sense in your heart, your gut, your soul, your spirit, the core of your bones, whatever you want to call it, however you want to phrase it, isn't it all really the same at some level that we may not be able to realize or accept as human beings hell-bent on not having anyone else tell us what to do or who to be, especially if they use different words than we do to describe the same exact thing or goal, which is we ask for help. We ask for a better way. We want a better life, a better outcome. We want better results, right? We, every single human being does that. Everyone on this earth uses words, some form of words, period. And if they can't literally talk because they're mute for some reason, then they use some form of communication. And herein lies the first point I want to make about this before we go any deeper. Communication takes different forms, different words, phrases, intonations, voice tones, inflections, symbols, numbers, signs, etc. Every single religion uses its own set of words to talk about how that religion or spiritual path describes reality, describes God, describes the universe, describes people and what people do and why they do it, right? But the words themselves are not the same thing as the reality they are describing. The word apple is not an apple. The word car is not, you can't get in the word car and drive it around. <laughs> okay, so this is a very big deal, people. Because way too many people are hung up on what words are used to describe the reality, and then they go to war over it. Have you noticed? This is a stupid, violent, sinful, ungodly, unloving, no-win pattern based on insanity that doesn't seem to be ending very soon because the financial, economic, and control systems of the man-made world of man-made laws is based on power of the world, being in the hands of a few in order to control the many. And they do that by deciding what words are going to be used, what they're going to mean. You know, I'm talking about written man-made laws right now and how those words should look in terms of behaviors, such that if you do a behavior different than the words that they're using and describing in terms of what they mean, then you have, quote, broken the law, right? or broken some social code, or what's expected of you, right? That's the system, in a nutshell, for you. Well, something Jesus once said was, make no further laws lest you become bound by them. <laughs> How many of you make your own laws? <laughs> and you're bound by them, right? And yet that's all that the worldly world seems to be doing. People in the world who want to control others keep making laws that benefit them more 
them benefiting everyone. That's not justice. That's corruption. That's control in a negative way. And it's exactly what the Pharisees did throughout the Old Testament, in case you haven't read that yet. Well, now that's just the context necessary for considering the more specific topic of this particular session about you've asked for it, you've asked for God for a lot, do you want it or not? Now, this is a very provocative question, isn't it? You've asked God for a lot. Do you want it or not? How many times have you asked God for something to be revealed or explained or delivered or given to you? And then when you realized that it was just about to show up, (laughs) you got a little nervous and you told God some form, oh, no, God, I was just kidding. (laughs) I was just, I don't don't really want, I don't really want that promotion because I just found out. I'm going to have to work 10 hours a week more. (laughs) It's a little more money, but I'm going to have to work more. And then I can't, you know, go to the gym and, and in one day get 10 pounds every year, right? Or whatever it is, right? No, God, I was just kidding. (laughs) Don't give me that. So you stay stuck in your pattern. Oh, I'm talking to you. Then you think you're off the hook when that's just the beginning of God working through you while you're aware of God working through you. So you've asked God for a lot, right? Well, now what? What are you going to do about that? You're going to see it through or quit and give up? There are really only three directions we can go in when it comes to hearing what God or spirit or source of the universe, whatever you want to call it. There are only three directions we go in when it comes to listening to the guidance and then following through on actually doing it. And this is the heart of the point I'm trying to make in this session. And those three directions are moving towards God, moving against God, moving away from God. Said another way, using different words, but meaning the same exact thing. We can also word it this way. There are three directions in life. Moving towards love, moving away from love, and moving against love. Now, before you switch this off and want to stone me to death, (laughs) or merely skim over it and, you know, play drop the needle and speed ahead because, oh, he's getting into something I don't really want to talk about. I really want you to consider what is being said here. This is God speaking through me to you. Consider what is being said here because a lot of people are not going to want to go through this, right? They're not serious about walking in love. But those who are serious about walking in love are definitely going to get this. You're going to get an aha right now, if not, you know, by the end of this session. So consider those three directions again. And I want you to sit with this. So listen to this audio again or read the the article version of it on, on the website at bigjoyministries.org. So when I say sit with it, I really mean it you got to make the space in your life for God. And it's not only reading the Bible or listening to audios, watching videos, or going to church. You need personal one-on-one time between you and God. Turn off the TV, turn off the email, stop texting people, stop looking at your social media stuff, listening to the radio. Don't let the dog or the kids or your spouse, or your friends, or your family, or anything or anyone else intrude on the time between you and God. Because, hey, you've asked for a lot. Do you want it or not? Do you really want a one-on-one direct relationship with God? You're either moving towards God, or you're moving away from God, or you're moving against God. So if you don't make the space for God, 
you're doing, moving away from God and moving against God. There, just told you. Ooh, gotcha. Now you're responsible for that because you can't unknow something you learn about truth. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So you've got to make the space in your life for God, which is moving towards God, moving towards love, moving towards peace and the fruits of the Spirit. Because that's the only way you can actually be at peace long enough to not just access God or love or wisdom in your heart, but then to actually hear it and feel it, sense it, know what it means, and then do it. If you don't make the space, you're not serious about having God in your life. And you're not serious about everything that you ask for. You've asked God for a lot. Do you want it or not? And you will probably repel certain people you're trying to seduce. <laughs> you're going to repel that job that someone is ready to give you because uh, you're going to be moving away from it because you don't make the space. So you're going to be confused. And we're going to get into that in the rest of this session. But just think about that for a moment. How many of you think, oh, the right job just, you know, it's not coming to me. God's not sending it to me. Or the right person, you know, that person I want to date, they're not coming to me. Or the right... You know, the right, what, the right time on the, the machine at the gym or the free weights at the gym or the right space in line at your favorite restaurant to get that meal you just love that's going to help you lose weight so you can have more protein and carbs, be in the right ratio so you can go to the gym and, the, you know, okay, whatever. My point is, how many times has the right person or the right opportunity that God is sending you come along in your life, but you blew it when it showed up because you ask God for a lot and you don't really want right? Yeah. So if you don't make the space, you're not serious about it. And you will probably repel the things God is sending you. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not that God isn't sending you things. And it's not that God isn't having things show up in your life that you've asked for. You haven't showed up. <laughs> Think about this. Now, <sighs> this sort of thing is all about making the space. So that you don't repel certain people, events, situations, circumstances from coming into your life that you really do want. That God knows you want, by the way, right? And certain people are going to be watching your actions. And although they might love you, they don't necessarily have to do anything else with you. Despite the fact that you might really want to do stuff with them, but they can see your actions. Wow, you, you ask me for a date and then you don't show up. Or you're so late that, you know, how much regard do you have for another person? You want someone to regard you? You want someone to respect you? Are you respecting them? Do you show up? How do you show up? How do you show up in life? <laughs> if you're alive, you are showing up. See, this is sort of like, you know, the business equivalent is some people are always searching for, I need a brand. I need marketing. Well, the point is, if you have a business, you have a brand. It's just probably one that's not attractive. <laughs> And so, you know, we do that in the, in the business workshop. So people can tell the difference between the words you say and the actions you take if they're more conscious than you. Mm, if they follow God more than you. Oh, if they've got these three directions down where they're moving towards God, they're moving towards love, which also does not mean that they're not already in God and in love if they're moving towards it. Because some people might think, oh, if you're saying they're, they're moving towards God, doesn't that mean that they're actually not with God to begin with, which is why they're moving towards it. No, you can be in God and still move towards more God. See how that works? Okay. So people can tell the difference between the words you say and the actions you take. Oh, I want to lose weight. Are you? 
Oh, I want to get strong, are you? Oh, I need a new haircut. When are you going to do that? Hmm, yeah. I wish that person would stop complaining about how messy my apartment is. Well, when, when are you going to clean it? Or what are you getting out of staying the same, but wanting things to be different? That is war. Are the actions you take in your words that you say congruent? Do you say one thing but do another? When you ask God for guidance, or another person, when you ask for help, for anything at all, do you really mean it? You're just venting and blowing off because you need the attention. You need the approval. You need to feel like you belong, right? Why don't you want to belong with love and God and, and the way that the successful people are? And by success, I'm not talking about money or a job. You always think it's money and achievement and job and works of the flesh. No. Success is moving towards God moving towards love and the fruits of the Spirit only. We're going to get into that now. So you will either be a person of their word, where their word is their bond, which is another way of saying that you tell the truth and you don't lie. Or you'll just be someone who says a lot of cool-sounding things, all the right words, all the right sound bites. You know that sound bite spirituality, right? You know the right phrases to drop, but you don't actually live it. You know all the catchphrases, but you don't walk your talk. In other words... You're living two directions of moving against God and moving away from God. Said another way, you're moving against love and you're moving away from love. So now, how do we make the leap? We're moving forward now. How do we make the leap from using words to being godly or loving? Simple. We agree that the truth is something that can be talked about. See, there's the thing and then there's the about the thing. Okay, so words are descriptive, right? We can talk about truth in a descriptive way using words, numbers, symbols, and metaphors so that we can have agreement, right? So that you and I, if we're talking about, <laughs> my best friend and I often have these, not so much anymore, but we used to have these very passionate, intense discussions where it sounded like we were talking about two entirely different opposite things when we were really talking about the same thing because we always ended up at the same end point. We always arrived at the same goal. <laughs> and then we'd look back and like, jeez, we just spent an hour or two. And the kind of person I am, boy, I'm just like, I just come out and say it. I have got a mouth and I'm just going to come out and say no in a bunch of other words. <laughs> Can you relate to this? How many times have you had a discussion with someone and you realize, oh my gosh, we're talking about the same thing. If you can agree on the direction you both want to go in, and that's really the, the challenge for the world, isn't it? That's a whole other session. So many people cannot agree and don't want you to agree on which direction humanity is going to go in. Are we going to go in the direction of love, no matter if you call it God or Jesus or Buddha or Gandhi or Allah or the Tao or the way or the peace or the book or the chocolate or the pizza. I don't care what we call it. Can we agree that we call the direction we're going in? Can we agree that we call it by different names, but we're going in the same direction and therefore we don't need to do this war thing anymore? Hmm? Okay, so let's get off my soapbox and get it back on the other one. So we know that the word isn't the actual thing. There are a few exceptions to this, like the word word itself. The word word is the thing being talked about. Or the word sound, it is the thing being talked about. Because when you say the word sound, it is a sound, right? And probably there are other words like that too. Most languages are descriptive. 
and therefore indirect and symbolic and relative, rather than direct, literal, or absolute. Most wars start because of a disagreement over how something is going to be described in words, and therefore what things mean, and then the behavior there's behaviors that are taken according to the words used and what they mean. So let's take a quick look at how we see the world. This is how every person sees the world. This is the process every single person throughout all time has gone through, okay? So the meaning of life in a nutshell, how we do it is, number one, we perceive and have perceptions. That's the very first thing every single person does. We have perceptions. Number two, we give those perceptions in our mind meaning. Right? And part of that meaning is we we give it meaning, emotional meaning, and then we label that emotional meaning. Or maybe if it's an image in my mind, then we give that image a label. Like if I'm looking at a piano, I'm having a perception of a piano in front of me, and my perception in my mind of a piano is not the same thing as the actual piano, right? The, if I'm looking at a car, the image in my mind of the car is not the car. I don't have a car in my brain, <laughs> right? Okay. So then we give those perceptions meaning and words and labels, all that. Then we project. The third thing is we project those meanings onto the world and everything and everyone in it. The fourth thing, we behave according to the previous three things of perceptions, meaning, and projections. So if you perceive that there is a God and that God can and does help you, and then you ask for God's help, and you ask to be delivered from the world of illusions and hell and the wilderness and sin and all of it, which in Christian language is called being saved. Then you are doing, and in you know Buddhist religions or Eastern spiritual paths, you're being enlightened from illusion, from samsara, and all these other Sanskrit words. And okay, but we're not going to get into that. But it's the different words talking about the same thing. To have your illusions removed, so that you can walk in the truth. So you can t see the truth. Talk with your words, using the truth, and then behave according to the truth. Isn't that what you really want? You've asked God for a lot. Do you want it or not? Do you really want the truth? Most people, however, remain stuck in their four items, despite how many times God comes into their life and tells them what they are perceiving is wrong, that the meaning they give their own perceptions is wrong. And when God comes into your life and tells you your perceptions and projections are wrong, you know, we get a little upset. You know, and when God tells you your behavior that you're doing is according to your wrong perceptions, your wrong meanings, and your wrong projections, and just it's just all wrong, we tend to get a little stressed. Yeah. So God comes into our life, our awareness, into our heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and this is what God does. God corrects our wrong perceptions. And I want to stop you right there for a minute. So many people waste their life trying to get something they've already got which is we're all, we have love and the fruits of the Spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We come from that. We are that. We are supposed to extend that. And when I say people spend their whole life trying to get something they got, the other thing that they do is they perceive according to everything not that. And they know something's wrong, but they can't quite put their finger on it. They know there's something wrong with the world or someone else or with them. They can't quite figure it out, right? And then what do we do? 
we think we have to purify ourselves before we go to God. So we try to fix ourselves before we get down on our knees <laughs> and pray or meditate or ask God for help. You don't have to purify yourself before you go to God. God is the purifier. So that was just a little tangent, very big deal of a one. So let's get back to God corrects our wrong perceptions, our wrong meanings, our wrong projections, and our wrong behaviors. In other words, whatever we're stuck in until we're saved from it or, or have an aha or an epiphany or revelation or an insight, we're stuck in a cycle of insanity, of misperceptions, illusions, delusions, and the projection of those misperceptions and illusions and delusions onto the world and everything and everyone in it. And then that's why we behave outside the Word of God. That's why we behave in ways that have nothing to do with love and the fruits of the Spirit. That's why people behave in ways that have nothing to do with God. They behave in ways that move away from God and against God. So you ask God for a lot, and then you don't do it. God comes into our awareness, so to speak, to correct our misperceptions. Because only when we perceive correctly, we're, um, that's when everything else in our life will fall into place. And if you don't get your wrong and false and ungodly perceptions corrected, you cannot have and enjoy your life in abundance to the full until it overflows, like it says in John 10.10. So, stay with me because we're almost done. Now that you have even more context for how you and I and everyone else operates with our perceptions and the meanings that we literally make up, our projections and our behaviors, let's look at the big question one more time. What's our question? You've asked God for a lot. Do you want it or not? What are you asking for? <laughs> exactly what are you asking for? What do you want? What are you asking to be done or given to you or for you or for someone else? The first thing we should consider is that we need to have God show us how to see without misperceiving anyone or anything. And we already know how to do that because we just went over that. Okay. We've not only been told how to do that, but everyone was born with the ability and skill and power to do it. See, this is actually the, the paradox of this. The fact that we can misperceive and make up illusions and then project them onto the world and then behave in every way that has nothing to do with God. The fact that we have the ability to do that means we can turn it around and live in the truth, that we can perceive correctly and we can see accurately. We can see things as they are, not how we've been taught to see them by some <laughs> political party, right? Or some other religion stuck in the ways that aren't of God or philosophy or whatever it is, belief system. A belief system and a dogma and a ritual are not the truth. They're not. They're just not, right? So the first thing we need to consider is that we need to have God show us how to see without misperceiving anyone or anything. We already know how to do that. And what we need to do is realize, accept, acknowledge, actualize, activate, and then put into application what it means to perceive through the eyes of love only. 
And by whenever I say God or love, I'm also talking about God, love, and all the fruits of the Spirit, okay? So that's the first thing. In other words, we need to move towards love and not away from it or against it. Second, the second thing is, after perceiving through the filter of love only, we need to see the meaning of a situation in terms of love only. Don't try and find uh, ways that things can mean something that has nothing to do with love. Like, well, I don't like their sexuality. I don't like their skin color. I don't like their religion. I don't like their job. I don't like this. I don't like that about them. None of that has anything to do with love. And you knew that before you heard this. But you know, I'm not talking to you, but them people you work with, those people you live next to, aren't they terrible? <laughs> and if none of you need this today, just know I'm preaching to myself, okay? So the second thing, I'm going to repeat this. After perceiving through the filter of love only, we need to see the meaning of a situation in terms of love only. Stop finding everything that could be what you think is wrong with it because you're making that up. That's what it means to bear false witness, by the way. When you misperceive a situation and you make up meaning about what you think and how you feel, you're lying. You're bearing false witness. So the third thing we need to do is project love only onto everything and everyone. You can only project. So if you can only project, you can project love or fear. Which do you think God wants you to do? Love. Done. You don't need to, you know, wander around in the desert for another 40 years trying to figure out, what does God want me to do? Well, God is love. God wants you to love, period. The fourth thing is we must behave by giving and receiving love and the fruits of the Spirit only. Period. Done. Done. See, if you really get this session today, you never need to go back to church. You can get out of the pew, stop getting fat on the Word, and go out in the world and serve. <laughs> yeah. This is how to live life and do anything or be anything. This is the straight and narrow path right here. I'm talking to you. And now that you know this, what are you going to do with it? So I'm going to leave you with this. <laughs> this final thought that I'm going to leave you with. Now that you've heard all of this, right? You've asked God for a lot, right? Well, do you want it or not? For more information, please visit our website at bigjoyministries.org, where you can subscribe to our blog updates for free. Once you're there, you can enter your email address to subscribe for free to our blog for new posts, news, upcoming events, workshops, and more, just by entering your email address in the space right above the subscribe box. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries.